listen, I don't know where you're listening from or, or, or where you're at right now, but I just want to welcome you to this moment with us as we lean in together into God's Word as, as a Crosspoint family. Or maybe you're not a, a part of our local body, but you're a part of the Church Universal. Or maybe you're just someone who's just watching and maybe just curious about God and who God is and some, you know, that's led you to this moment with us right now. I, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for taking your time, whether it's you as an individual out here this morning or, or you as a family or gathered together around this, uh, the, this, this moment. You know, it's, it's a truly a blessing that we have this technology to be able to still be kind of united together. And so, you know, this morning what we're going to do is we're going uh, to continue in our study uh, that we've been going through at Crosspoint um, in our study of 1 Samuel that we've titled, Who is King? Who is King? And, uh, and, and the whole idea of this series has been kind of leaning into this moment of, of, of really defining for us who is the Lord in our life? Who is Yahweh, as the Old Testament would call Him? You know, who is the power, the authority, or the influence? Is it God Almighty, the King of Kings, or is it us? And so what we've done is we've allowed First Samuel to kind of lay out for us this path of seeking after God's heart, seeking after the desires that God has for our life. And, and we've begun using uh, Samuel, and then we moved into uh, to the person of Saul and his kingship, and then we're going to move into David after Easter. But you know, what we've seen here in 1 Samuel is uh, 1 Samuel kind of show us a path that we journey in embracing Christ and his kingship in our life. And, uh, and, and who we've really focused on here recently is, is Saul, is King Saul, the first king of Israel. And, uh, you know, as we've kind of navigated this, some of you guys with kids may relate to this, but have you ever been watching your kids and you've been thinking like, this isn't going to end well. Like somebody's going to end up with an injury. Somebody's going to end up with a bloody nose. Somebody's going to have their feelings hurt. You know, we're going to be at the ER because of some kind of injury, which right now isn't a great place to be, uh, right? We want to avoid those type of places right now. But, you know, as we've kind of watched Saul kind of navigate his, his time as king, we can kind of have that same feeling as like, this isn't going to end well. Like something's going to happen here. And, uh, you know, in 1 Samuel 9 through 12, we saw God do a lot of things with Saul. Like he took Saul in and he established Saul as king. Uh, He began to try to empower him through the people around him. He was leading the people to victory in battle. And he was also leading them with the help of Samuel into revival. Into revival. You know, Samuel was reminding him of his choosing, all these things. But in the midst of that, we would see these little things kind of come up that showed Saul's fear. Showed Saul's insecurity. So showed the things that Saul was really being motivated by. And, and for us, the challenge has been to really be honest with ourselves and see how we relate to Saul. See how within our own fears, our own insecurities, and our own weaknesses, we are not embracing the kingship of the Lord in our life, but maybe have elevated ourselves to king, or maybe elevated something else in our life to king in our life. And so Uh, This morning as we continue, we're going to kind of begin to see even more of what Saul struggled with kind of reveal itself or bring itself to the surface for us to see. And and this morning, uh, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 14. So if you have your Bible, man, I would really ask you and encourage you to open to that. And we're going to have a couple different verses we're going to look at. Um, But 1 Samuel chapter 14 is where we're going to be. And what I want to do really quick is I just want to pray for us, ask the Lord to speak to us through this text. So if you would, just bow your heads with me and just pray along with me as we ask the Lord to speak to us through his word this morning. Father God, I just want to thank you for this moment. I want to thank you for your word. Father, I just want to ask you to reveal to us the truths you have in it. God, challenge us, convict us. Lord, show us the places where you have to speak straight to us through the words that we will read this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
So church, I've kind of subtitled this message, Winning Today's Battles. Because in, in chapter 14 of 1 Samuel, we're going to see kind of a battle going on around uh, these individuals that are involved in this story. And, uh, and we're going to see what it takes to face those battles and to find victory. Because in, the, in chapter 14, we're going to see one person that finds victory. And then another person, in the person of Saul, finding victory but where he continues to be led down, where his own pride, where his own desires, where his own uh, will to be king and ruler of his life continue to lead him down. And we're going to see that really reveal itself next week in 1 Samuel 15. So I pray you'll come back to us uh, next Sunday as we go through that. But, but this morning, we'll really kind of see the pivot point moving into 15 from 14 that will show us where Saul was in his struggle to win the battles raging around him. And so uh, if you could uh, read with me in 1 Samuel chapter 14, and we're going to read the very last verse of this chapter, the very last verse of this chapter to allow it to kind of push us into where we'll be at the rest of this morning. So 1 Samuel chapter 15, uh, 14, verse 52, it says this. It says, There was hard fighting against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he attached him to himself. And so what we see there first, what I want us to really focus in on is those first few words of of verse 52. It says there was hard fighting against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And so leading up to this point, Saul has had victories. Saul has had some good things, but then Saul begins to struggle. Like last week in chapter 13, we saw Saul struggled with his faith and and stepping out in his own will, stepping out in his own strength to do some things. And we'll see that even more so this morning. And what that leads to is it says that it leads to hard fighting, at least a hard fighting. And not only hard fighting, but that hard fighting will continue itself through all the days of Saul, the rest of Saul's life. You know, and, uh, and what that reminds me of and what that kind of brought to attention within my own life is to help me understand that life is full of battles, that life is a battlefield one day into the next, one enemy to the next. And we see Saul, it said here that he had fighting all the days of his life. He never had any rest. He never had rest and he constantly fought and he fought hard. And that word hard can also be defined as severe. And so he had severe fighting, which is different than what we'll see later on in 2 Samuel with King David, whereas God's a man after God's own heart, as the Bible would say, it says that uh, in his kingship in 2 Samuel 7, 1, it says, now when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies. And so there is a way within the battles around us, there is a way when we're surrounded by our enemy. And what I believe, what God wants us to see, that in the battles of life, we know, we know they'll come. We know that the battles will come. But Helping us understand how do we find rest in the middle of our mess? How do we find rest in the middle of all the mess going on amidst all the battles, all the hardships? And what I want us to see this morning really quickly is two ways that I begin. This this text shows us how to stop fighting, losing battles and begin having victory in today's battles. Begin having victory in our Christian life, in our leadership, in our example to people. And what we'll see is we'll see Saul, obviously, and where he struggles. But we'll see kind of the contrast with his son, Jonathan, and how he brings victory, not because of his own strength, but because of the Lord. And so there's two things that I want us to see this morning to kind of show us how we win today's battles and how we find victory in our Christian life. And the first thing is this, is to never go into battle alone. 
Never go into a battle alone. Uh, jumping back into 1 Samuel 14, I want you to read verse 6 with me. It says here that Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. For nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. So Jonathan is making it known his faith and his dependence. He's recognizing that victory will come, but that victory will come through the Lord. So the first thing we have to understand is that we can never go into any battle of our lives without the Lord on our side. That there will be no battle, there will be no victory without the Lord. There will be no victory that will be accomplished by any other way. Understanding that God is leader, that God is deliverer. And as Jonathan is facing his enemies, he's facing them with this confidence to know that God is the one that will obtain the victory. That he will do the work for us. He will do the accomplishing. You know, and Jonathan didn't expect success in his own strength. You know, and, and so the thing for our life that we have to remember is that true faith means holding nothing back. True faith means laying it all out there, putting every hope in God and His faithfulness and His goodness and His provision and His grace and His mercy for our life. That we can know that it's in those things that we obtain victory. That it's in those things that we, we defeat the enemies in our life. You know, and, and enemies can be defined as a lot of different things. For them, God told them, these people in this land will be your enemy. They will always be your enemy. And you know, Saul didn't find rest. David did find rest. Why? Because David depended on the Lord. Even in his failures, he depended on the Lord. Even in his, even in his faults, in his sin, his egregious sin... David found rest during his kingship and in his leadership because he depended on God's goodness in them. He depended on God's goodness and he didn't hold anything back. He, he knew that God is faithful, that God will not leave me alone. Isaiah 43, 1, it says this, says, But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. For I have redeemed you, and I have called you by name. You are mine. There's this confidence that comes with knowing that we're depending on God, or that we're leaning on God, that I'm not walking into this situation alone, but God is with me. God is for me. And that if a victory is obtained, it's obtained through His strength and not my own. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, The rock, talking about the Lord, His work is, a perf is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. And then 1 John 4, 4, one of a familiar verse, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There is no battle that we should ever walk into without the Lord on our side. Whether it's our own sin that we're struggling through, our own lust, our own selfishness, our own pride, our own arrogance. You know, or maybe it's just situations that we're stepping into that we have no control over. But these battles that we walk into will never be won if we walk into them on our own. And it's not only that, but it's walking into it with other people. We see uh, right here in, in 1 Samuel 14 that not only in Jonathan seeking the Lord did he have the Lord on his side, but then the armor bearer responds to his instruction in like this. He says, do as you wish, uh, in verse 7, do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. So in Jonathan seeking the Lord, it not only brings the Lord's uh, power on his side, but it brings the provision of a brother. Church, the greatest thing that we do for each other is leaning into each other's mess together. 
that leaning into each other's lives, finding a victory through the Lord, but in union with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why God established the local church. That's why God established the, the universal church that, so that we're, we're leaning into hardships together. You know, right now in this time, you know, there are people struggling. There are people losing their jobs. There are people that are sick and that are dying and that are, that are, that are struggling in this time. And so for us as the church, this is a unique opportunity for us to, to lean into that hurt and to love our neighbor and to be praying for each other and to be providing for each other in any way that we can because that is the responsibility of the church. You know, our greatest responsibility isn't to try to figure out how to broadcast our messages online. That is not our greatest responsibility. Our greatest responsibility is to glorify God, but in this time, leaning into glorifying God by how we love and care for each other, being concerned for each other, praying for each other, providing for each other in any way that we can. And so it brings this sense of unity. And in the midst of that, it, it brings them victory. I mean, continuing on, it says that these two men overtook 20 Philistine soldiers. They defeated their enemy because not only was God on their side, but they were together, leaning into this situation. And we see the other side of it with Saul. We see the other side of it with Saul. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 19, when, they're, when Saul is leading the priest to kind of seek after God's provision in this moment... They begin to, it says that he calls them to bring the ark in and they lay their hands on the ark and the ark was kind of the, the representation of God's presence among the people. And so they're leaning into God's presence, seeking uh, what God may have for him. But then instantly Saul kind of gets distracted and he sees that there's a battle going on and he tells them in, in verse 19, he says, withdraw your hand. He tells the priest, stop seeking the Lord's provision. We need to go to battle. You know, we begin to see Saul's faults when he begins to go into these things, rushing into things without seeking the Lord, kind of drawing away from the Lord, going in his own strength, going in his own time, going in his own uh, idea or in his own strength. And he rushes off so much different than where we saw Jonathan, right? Jonathan leaning in, understanding if anything's done, it's because the Lord has worked for me. If anything's accomplished, it's because God's done it for me. Where we see with Saul right here, he tells him, he begins to say, okay, well, let's seek the Lord. But the moment that a battle comes, he lets go of that. Withdraw your hands. He pulls their hands away from what God is trying to communicate to them and runs into those battles on their own. Listen, the worst place we could ever be in our battles is running into the middle of the battlefield on our own. Running into the middle of the battlefield, running into facing our sin, facing our struggles, carrying those things on our own whenever the Lord Jesus would tell us, bring me your burdens, bring me your struggles, bring me what you have, what you're holding on to, what you're trying to bear on your own. And he says, I will give you rest. But too often we want to go into those battles on our own and then we're carrying that weight on our backs. We're fighting. And then just like with Saul, what we see is that there's this hard fighting all the days of, for me, all the days of Jake's life. The more I try to fight those battles on my own, keeping the Lord at arm's distance, withdrawing my hand from what he's trying to do and show me. That's what we see Saul do here. And then not only that, but then he says in 1 Samuel 14, 36, he, he tells him, he says, let us go down. Let us go down. Let us go do what we're going to do. Let us go in our own power. He's rushing into these battles. Two times Saul wants to run off to the battles on his own. And then we see, just like with Jonathan, we saw unity when he was seeking the Lord. We see disunity in 1 Samuel 14, 39, where Saul is telling the people, let's go to battle. Let's go do this. And what does it say in verse 39? It says, not a man among all the people who answered him. So not only was it just one person, it was many people where Jonathan was able to convince one person because he was following the Lord. 
Saul thinks that I have a better chance with many people. What does it say? Not anyone was on his side. Not anyone was willing to go with him. And you know what? Not only did it create this disunity between him and those people, but later on, Saul is so concerned about himself that it says that he would even be willing to allow his son to die rather than to admit his fault or to admit that he's done something wrong or to make himself look any worse. And so we're beginning to see these characteristics of Saul's selfishness kind of come to be. And and I believe that's where we find ourselves sometimes. You know, we're willing to let everyone and everything fall to the wayside if it elevates me to a point of victory, if it elevates me above uh, being seen as as faulty or, or, or a failure. You know, so not only do we never go into battle alone, but the second thing uh, this morning is that the war is not won by my resources. The war is not won by my resources. You know, we see where Saul's heart was in the last verse of uh, 1 Samuel 14, uh, verse 52. It says, not only was there hard fighting against uh, the enemy all the days of Saul's life, but the reason, I believe the reason, and I believe that's what it's showing us here, the reason is because of how Saul was seeking out resources to fight these battles. It says, and when Saul, Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he attached him to himself. Saul was looking to all these resources around him to help him fight these battles. And you know what we see is we see there was never any uh, substantial victory, no long-lasting victory. The resources may have helped him win these small battles, but there was still another war to be raged, and there was still, uh, there, there was still more oppression that was coming, still more difficulties that was coming. It was never enough to clear out the enemy completely. It was always having to bring more in, having to look for more men. And you know what would happen to those men? Those men would die, and those men would have to be replaced by other men, and then by other men, and more and more resources. And so what we see is that Saul, through his whole kingship, he's leaning into this moment and he's trying to, instead of being used by God, he's trying to use God. He he does call to God. He does tell the people, let's see God. And he asks God, God, what should we do? He's doing all these things, but he's trying to use God for his own benefit. And then he's looking into his own life, uh, trying to use uh, the resources around him to accomplish the task that he's trying to do. Saul was not depending on the Lord. He was not depending on the Lord. He was dependent on his work. He was dependent on his resources, on his own strengths, on his own abilities. And what did that translate into? Severe fighting with battles. Severe fighting with enemies in his life that would, ha- that would happen all the days of his life. All the way until the very end of his life as we would see moving forward in the Bible. He was constantly overtaken and constantly facing enemies. And we'll see really what those enemies are. Uh, his personal demons in chapter 15 as we continue that next week. But Saul was dependent on his resources rather than dependent on the Lord. Psalms 118.8 says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. There's no resource that replaces our resting in the Lord, our our dependence on God. And and it's in taking refuge. You know, refuge seems like such a weak thing to do, right? To take refuge. It's almost like we feel like we're running. But the thing we have to remember is that we're not running away from what God's calling us to. We're running into something. We're running into a refuge. We're running into this this calling that God has for us to step for me as a father and as a husband to step into my family and to lead them with confidence and with strength like Jonathan would. When his battle, he walked into that battle with confidence, knowing that the Lord will work for me. Because it's, it's with my own resources that they run dry. My own endurance, my own strength, my own knowledge, my own courage, uh, my own willpower. 
those things run dry. You know, and, and if we're really honest with ourselves, you know, in, in the middle of difficulties, in the middle of seasons, maybe of stress between you and your spouse or you and your family, or you and your job, that your personal resources are guaranteed to run out. You know, and we'll find ourselves, like the saying goes, uh, at our wits' end. You know, we, we feel depleted, right? We feel just lost. We feel like we're missing something. And what the Bible's drawing us to is this source, this well that'll never run dry. That if we're wanting to find victories and battles today, we have to find it in the victor who is Jesus. Find it in the Lord. Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know, for the people in, in, in the Bible, you know, all they had, uh, especially in the Old Testament, all they had was the name of the Lord that they would proclaim. You know, they didn't have many of the resources that we have today. Everything that was communicated, everything that was experienced was word of mouth. You know, very few actually saw a manifestation of God's work happen around them. But for many of them, it was just the word of mouth, the word, the name of the Lord spoken to them. And for a lot of them, that was what carried them through. It was just that very name that they had faith in and confidence in the faithfulness and provision he would provide. You know, and so where, where many of us fail and where Saul would fall, why there was fighting and hard, severe fighting his whole day is because he was fighting for approval. He was fighting for victory. He was fighting for his place in history. Saul was just living his life. And I feel like a lot of us, that's all we're doing. We're just living our life. And, it, it, and, and we're kind of spinning our wheels kind of in one place, just trying to grow spiritually and kind of draw closer to God or, or kind of lead our families better or be a better uh, Christian uh, witness to the people around us. But the thing we have to understand is just, just participating in our roles is not enough. You know, just calling ourselves a Christian, just stepping into, you know, during this time, just saying, oh, I, I think it's all about helping people, but not actually helping people. Uh, during this time to, to, to know that, you know, church is more than just four walls or I can lean into God's word on my own, but then not doing that and, and not, not taking, having that time where we're devoting it to the Lord. We're, we're neglecting ourselves or something. We never grow closer to God by just living. We never grow closer to God by just living. It is a deliberate pursuit and, it, and it's attentive and it's dependent on him. You know, walking into every battle, every day, dependent on his goodness, dependent on his provision, dependent on his grace and mercy in my life. Because it's that very thing it's that very thing that saves. You know, I love in verse four, uh, chapter 14, uh, in verse 6, when he says that, he says, uh, when Jonathan is speaking, he says, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. But this next phrase, I love this next phrase. He says, that nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Listen, it doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the resources. He says that the Lord can win by as much as we have or as by little that we have. You know, just as kind of echoing what Paul would say in Philippians, that I can do all things through Christ has given me strength. You know, he says, and Paul says in that, in the context of that verse, he says, I've learned to have much and I've, heard, I've learned to have little. I've learned to depend on God in all circumstances and that it's in that I can find victory even when I have very little and seem, feel very unsuccessful. And he says, and I can find victory when I feel like I have much because I'm resting, still depending on the Lord and being thankful for what he's given me. 
Psalm 18, 29 says, For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. It's like, how awesome is that? By God I can face an army. And not only can I face an army, but there's no wall that can contain me. He says that I can leap over a wall. Psalm 18, 30 says, This God, this God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true, and He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. I pray that we could be a people taking refuge in the Lord. I pray that we could be a people, especially during these times of uncertainty and difficulty, that we could be a people depending on the Lord. You know, why does this matter? Why does this matter for us? I always like to kind of wrap up with a why does this matter? Because I can say a lot of things, but unless we know why it matters, then we just kind of lose it. This matters because living a Christian life that walks in victory begins with dependence. And that's what I want us to leave with this morning. That, that, that living a Christian life that walks in victory begins with dependence. Understanding that everything I have come from, comes from the Lord. Every sense of identity I have, every, sense of every, every bit of success, every, uh, every satisfaction, every joy that I have comes from God. And that if I'm going to navigate the battles of life and find any victory at all, it's going to be solely in Him, dependent on His presence, dependent on His people that He's provided for me, resting in His blessings and His resources, and taking that and pointing the praise and the victory towards Him. And then I want to leave us with this this morning. You know, there's always meanings in the names of people. You know, the word, the the name Jonathan means the Lord has given. Jonathan was kind of an example of God's provision, that God giving to the faithful, God giving to those seeking after, depending on the Lord. You know, finding his provision, finding victory, and finding rest in the mess of life. Whereas Saul's name means desired. You know, and for me, I, I just kind of thought about my own prides. And, thing, and, you know, for Saul, his problem, and we'll see it more in 1 Samuel 15, his problem was, is that he was desiring more and more and more. He was desiring more success. He was desiring more acceptance. He was desiring uh, more approval and stability. Where Jonathan was available and willing, Saul was busy and controlling. He was not resting in the Lord. He was not dependent on him. And I pray that that's where we could be. I pray that we would know that, that the greatest victory of history happened when Jesus died on the cross. And what he offered for us is he offered for us a warrior on our side in Jesus that, that the Bible tells us saves us. That it's, that it's not through my own work, that it's not through my own merit, where, where the Bible tells us that His grace is sufficient for me, that His grace is sufficient, that His power is made perfect in my weakness, that it's not about me running uphill, but it's about me resting in the arms of a Savior, resting in the arms of a Savior to be carried to victory. Now, does that take away from any responsibility? I have absolutely not because God has called us to be ministers of reconciliation, that we have a responsibility to be living this out, that, that faith without works is dead, that our faith should be lived out in how we, we act and we live, but to understand that it's through God's work that we have victory and that if we ever depend on anything in our life, it should always be in Him and His grace and His work of forgiveness and His work of mercy in our life. The church, I pray, I pray that our Christian life will begin to walk in victory by being dependent on Him. That we would know that winning today's battles begins with depending on the victor, on Jesus Christ and everything He's done. I'd like to pray for us this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank You again. God, I thank You for all You've done. God, I thank You for a grace that I could not earn. God, I thank You that You go before me to fight victories. 
God, that you are clearing paths for us to walk. Father, I pray that we find the courage and the strength that we need to step into the work that you have for us. God, to be the Christian men and women you called us to be, to lead our families in the paths of righteousness that you've called us to walk. Father God, we know that you do not call us to be perfect people, but God, you've called us to be imperfect people seeking after and drawing near to a perfect God. So Lord, I pray that we would know that it's in that perfect God that we will find victory in today's battles. God, help us to know that you are a giving God. God, and, and, and draw us into your goodness, Lord. Father, I pray if there's any listening this morning that have not put their faith in you, put their dependence in you, Father, I pray they find the courage and the strength through your calling to do that. Lord, I love you for your goodness. God, I love you for your spirit that can indwell us at many different locations in this moment. God, draw us in together in one spirit and one truth. God, with one voice, we proclaim your goodness. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you and have a great rest of your week.